This is the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast featuring Beers Aren't Bad with CEO Eric and Matt. Welcome back to the podcast episode, the Relentless College Entrepreneur. Today, we have a special guest, Beers Aren't Bad. I truly support these guys. I love what they're about. They came presented to my fraternity that I am in, Phi Gamma Delta. And today's topic is being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. So with the introduction starting off, guys, what is, can you guys actually introduce yourself first, uh, Eric and Matt, real quick um, for the audience? Sure thing. We'll just go in the order that you just said. So what's what's up, everybody? My name's Eric. Um, I am a Wisconsin graduate in 2014, where I also joined Phi Gamma Delta. Uh, After I graduated, I started working for our headquarters organization, which is where I met Matt, we were actually roommates. Um, not only roommates, but uh, I was top bunk, he was bottom bunk. And that's kind of where this whole scheme was was hatched, or at least the seeds were, were planted. Um, so with that, I'll let Matt introduce himself. Yeah, I'm Matt. Stage name is Matty Ice. And that's what the Buzz Boys nationally know me as. And I think the, the visual Eric just described always captivates me because every single person who's ever joined a fraternity can relate to it. Um, Even if they've never worked for their headquarters, right? You can relate to moving in with a guy who's different from you. I know I'm from the East coast. Eric's from Wisconsin. I don't think I had really ever made friends with someone from there before. And so we can all relate to that piece with someone in our fraternity. Um, And then we can also certainly relate to the idea of solving a problem. You know, in, in our case, we we felt that fraternity programming, even back then, was boring, repetitive, um, and it was something was missing. And finally, every fraternity can relate to wanting to drink beers with your friends and do things that are good, clean, fun, but not necessarily harmful. And you know, we kind of all all three of those things are a big part of Eric and I's story, and that's why we're sitting here on this podcast. Absolutely. Great introduction. And like you guys said, like, it's crazy what the fraternity, like it brings people that would have never met ever to gather. And like some of the, my best friends now, I would have never guessed when I first met them and I'm like, who's this whack job. And then he ends up being my best friend and you know, he's got his stuff together. He's a hard worker. It turns out. So like, there's a bunch of stuff. I think fraternities um, get bashed on a lot nowadays. And I think there's a lot of positives. And if we were to weed out what the media thinks, the mainstream media thinks about fraternities Mm -hmm. and the positives of what it brings is bigger than what people think. And I think that's why we're seeing a big decrease in Greek life, at least at our um, college, there was uh, COVID might have affected it a little bit. But um, even beforehand, we've seen constant decrease in people that are rushing and coming out to events even when we're advertising better and better. And, um, you know, I, I honestly think that a lot of people should learn to network and fraternity if you're going to college is definitely a big one. So moving on to um, what is beers aren't bad. Yeah, I I can take that because it actually plays off what you just said very well. Uh, Beers Aren't Bad is about capturing what fraternities do well. Certainly not just fraternities, but it's for fraternities right now. Uh, That could be a segue to a different conversation later, but it's about capturing that friendship 
those meaningful moments, those awesome times together that you're always going to remember. The people that, you know, as you said, when you first met them, maybe you didn't realize that was going to be your best friend. But now, you know, Matt and I are getting like married this summer and we're, you know, I'm a groomsman for Matt and Matt will be the, the equivalent for me. So Beers Aren't Bad is ultimately about capturing that and making sure that fraternities do that well. And we don't let alcohol get in the way of those things. Uh, alcohol can have negative consequences, certainly, um, when, when someone is overserved or overindulges. And we think that, well, one, if you stick to light beer, you're going to avoid a lot of those negative consequences, right? You're just generally going to be safer and you're going to be happier and you're going to have more memories of those good times, which is great. But we also believe that, you know, drinking is a choice that really our college experience and, and really our life is about the people you're with and what you're doing, not how much alcohol you've consumed and that we can't like offload all our problems onto alcohol. You know, we have to take responsibility. We can't blame our problems on alcohol. And yeah, we, we want college age men to understand the choice they have about drinking, to understand that, you know, I'm here to make memories and have a great time with these people, not to try and impress them with by blacking out. And that finally, you know, I can take control over my journey with alcohol. Absolutely. Good answer. And Matt, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, it's funny when, when people describe beers aren't bad as Eric just did. It's it can be very poetic and often we miss the what. Like I think Eric hit on the why well and even the how. <laughs> what makes beers aren't bad so appealing is when you straight up ask, what is it? Yeah. Matt, what do we get paid to do? <laughs> yeah. So what I'll say, Hunter, and you might even flip-flop these for the sake of your listeners because it's it's that ambiguous sometimes, but for the what beers aren't bad is at its simplest level, as much as we try to run away from this, it is a alcohol program. <laughs> and, yeah. and we laugh at how transactional that sounds because Eric and I would never have bothered to do this if we didn't want it to be everything that an alcohol program is not. Yeah. I mean, we probably started beers aren't bad when we skipped an alcohol training and went to go to happy hour. We're not really sure because whenever there's a buzz involved, you can't really verify those things. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we ran away from that. And I think it, it's only been until the last couple of months where we have embraced that. Um, Beers aren't bad is a place where people come together and talk about alcohol and safety and the superiors are satisfied and the attendees are satisfied and we're satisfied. However, if that's all people are getting, we've all wasted our time. Yeah. Right. We, we want beers aren't bad to be many other things. I'll toss a few in there, Eric, you might add some, um, I think PR initiative is one that comes to mind. Um, we, we truly believe that college men like you, Hunter, you don't need to go to an alcohol training to be influenced by beers aren't bad. That's why our Instagram is so important. That's why the stickers, the koozies, that's yep. why those three words are the message. You don't have to sit through it. Um, you should, because it's awesome. You don't have to. Yeah. Another another word that comes to mind you know, that we hear from people um, is a disruptor. Yeah. Um, 
Eric uses the word disruptfluencer to describe us as both influencers and disruptors. But I think beers aren't bad. It, it should stop you in your tracks. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if you're an IFC president and you see beers aren't bad in your inbox or one of your, on one of your students' backpacks, you should be like, what the heck is this? Yeah. That's part of our design. Um, and then finally, and this is where we have to catch ourselves, but we have heard the word empire. Yeah. Uh, not by us. Other folks have called Beers Aren't Bad an Empire. Uh, what that means and the pressure that that puts on us, that might be for later in the conversation. But those are some other nouns we can toss in. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've loved the organization. When you guys came and presented, I was thinking, um, like I was telling you guys before I started recording, it was just like another like alcohol training program. When in reality, it was professional it was funny it was with the boys it wasn't like this 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 these are the rules blah 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 blah. you gave us facts you told us um about hard liquor and we knowing the difference knowing our limits and so on and so forth and learning that um i personally don't drink a whole lot but when i do it's a beer with the boys and um i'm, I'm proud of that and i don't think like yeah it's good to be professional and all that but at the same time i feel like um on a business perspective, you got to have, you got to learn to, um, you know, not drink an abundant amount of alcohol, but, you know, have a beer with the boys, have a beer with a, a business consultant, you know, get to know them, whatever it may be. Um, a lot of business is done with golfing and drinking some beers. So like, it's like, it just, especially with society today, I think a lot of people think alcohol is bad, but it is good, especially for the memories and stuff. If you use it appropriately, you can abuse the substance, but um, mm -hmm. very practical to, especially with lighter drinks like beer. I, I truly believe that um, it's a really good drink to have with the boys, the ladies, whatever it may be. Um, instead of that hard liquor that um, is terrible for whatever it may be, hangovers, all that stuff. Um, and you get, there's people that die like from alcohol poisoning and majority of the time it's hard liquor that they were drinking. Sure. They might've had a couple beers as well, but a lot of it has to deal with hard liquor. And I like that you guys are coming at this saying that beers aren't bad and here's why. Um, I love it. Love the organization, which moves me on to the next question. How did you guys come up with this idea? I, before you guys answer this, I can only imagine since you guys were roommates, um, top bunk, bottom bunk. It was the late night buzzes that you were like, man, we should come up with this, but let, let's hear it. I want to hear how you guys came up with the idea. Yeah. So, uh, this also is a good excuse to explain what the current marketplace is like. And when we say alcohol training, what does that mean? So uh, for those of you who maybe haven't been in college in a long time, <laughs> or for whatever reason, college students receive a ton of risk management programming. So this is educational programs or trainings to, in an attempt to reduce, reduce high risk behavior. So generally that's around um, substance use, especially alcohol uh, and like sexual behavior in college. Those are, I would say the predominant areas of training. And that's what beers aren't bad ultimately is what category it falls under. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of Matt alluded to it earlier, a lot of that programming isn't necessarily working, or it's, a, it's working, but not well enough. So we're not seeing uh, high profile incidents of, you know, risk or serious harm in college. And, and we're obviously we're talking about fraternities in fraternities really declining 
significantly, uh, unfortunately, and we're layering on more of similar programs. You know, they're tackling, like providing college students more knowledge about alcohol, for example. Uh, and so we have this, it's not changing. So we add more of what we're doing. It's not changing. And what we realized is that, isn't it funny how huge this industry is? And what if we could just get students to drink light beer instead of hard liquor? That simple change, not even arguing about don't drink or don't drink a ton or whatever. But if you just had all those drinks be light beer, we would solve a lot of these problems. Right. And, yeah. um, that's kind of the genesis of it. And we also realized that, you know, why it says beers in the name is that guys like to brag to each other, you know, Oh yeah. I had, I don't know if you noticed, but I had multiple beers last night. The word beer would totally suffice. It works as a plural, you know, but we have to clarify. And that was kind of a realization for us that part of maybe why we drink is not because we actually want to like, you know, I am getting intrinsic value over this sixth beer but it's because I feel like I have to, or I feel like this will earn me cred or will impress people or, you know, whatever. Um, and so that's kind of the genesis of it. Yeah. And I'd add that this happened because of Eric and I's friendship and how our brains work together. I think in a lot of ways, beers aren't bad is, is the end product of the wackiness that lives in that man's brain. I mean, truly, you know, I'm, I'm around a lot of brains all day, and we all are. And Eric Leeds' brain is just, it's, it's special. <laughs> because if, if this were me, it would never, seriously, if this were me by myself, it, it wouldn't reach learning objectives. It wouldn't have, like, three clear takeaways that somehow you could show your dean of students, and you could show the biggest oath in your organization who's responsible for all these risk management trainings and they would look at the learning objectives and they would both be like oh yeah i like those things yeah <laughs> which is genius because i mean no other fraternity related endeavor can satisfy both of those extremes i mean we we truly believe we're the only one you look at old row tfm they're going to keep you know the the silly guy in your chapter who really wants to be cool and be impressed. That's, that's going to keep him happy. And of course your Dean of students would scoff at it and then vice versa, you know, most approved headquarters and campus trainings are going to look really good for administrators and leaders and even council members. But then that average member of your chapter is not going to give it a chance. So Eric's brain, I think was able to uniquely wrap that up in a way mm -hmm. where everyone feels connected to it. And I get to just be the one that markets it and catches yeah. people's attention. And we work really well together in that way. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's a big thing I've been learning. Uh, my major is um, entrepreneurship and innovation at Ball State University. So I'm starting my own business from scratch. And I what I've learned a lot of the time and a lot of the, I read a lot as a hobby. I've gotten through like 35 books. And one thing that I've consistently seen over and over is especially coming up with a business is having those people that have the strengths. They're going to, everyone has their weaknesses, but it's having these strengths that are diverse. And then you're able to work together and 
become this big a part of this bigger thing that we're talking about and like you said eric is the brain so to say he puts it all together and then your marketing like you got to have both sectors so i think that's that's a great combination and how that ended up working um i think inevitably is just going to be the success you guys had so far and the success that is bound to come um I think that I love this organization and I'll talk about it all day, but it's like, I just remember sitting there and listening to, I think it was the previous semester you guys came down to give the training. We sat there and we listened to an organization at our university. Some guys were on their phone. Some guys fell, literally fell asleep during the presentation. It was so boring and you guys kept us hyped. It was like, you guys were with the boys. It was like, you know, it wasn't like this weird presentation lecture. It felt like we were involved. And I think that's what makes you guys so different. And it's not like, don't drink, don't drink too much. It's like, no, you guys can actually drink, just do it appropriately and drink lighter and be more smart about your actions. And I think that is the biggest differentiator out of everyone. It's like, don't drink. If you do drink, drink this much. Um, and you guys are just straight honest. You're like beers aren't bad <laughs> it's pretty simple so I, I love the organization and everything it's about and I'll, I'll keep on rattling on about that but uh another question I had personally was how do you guys market I guess it's for you Matt I'm curious because I know how many followers do you guys currently have on Instagram I think it's what like around I know it's in the thousands what is it it's about like, 15 15 50 or something like that yeah. gotcha yeah and, and I remember following and it was at like seven maybe 600 or something followers maybe even less and then now you guys are way up there so i'm curious to how you market your guys's organization yeah well i can tell you what we haven't done to this point um, we haven't paid for ads or solicited posts or had any kind of marketing calendar which maybe that last one wouldn't be the worst idea yeah what we what we start with is who we're marketing to. Mm -hmm. And I think the obvious answer is undergraduate fraternity men. But I think Eric and I both really connect off of the idea of undergraduate fraternity men that have a, a bit of a dad mentality. Yeah. And um, I think there's, there's always that camp in your chapter that takes things very seriously. And we want to reach those people, but we're the only way we're going to reach them through through our forum is satire um, yeah. and, and not everyone is willing to be laughed at. Yeah. And so our style very much is we, we want to make content where your dad and your uncle will laugh at it. Yeah. And where it'll at least captivate your imagination. Um, plenty of people have said that our marketing is, is vague <laughs> and I would agree <laughs> um, at the end of the day, if, if if we're giving you 60 seconds where you can be like, what the heck is this? But I want to see another video um, right now. We're satisfied with that. Uh, and then finally, another big piece of our marketing is we want undergraduates to tell the story. You're not going to see us in the marketing. That's not because of our lack of brain power or sense of humor. I mean, it's because beers aren't bad. If, if it's going to work, the way Eric is, is talking about if, if we're going to have massive cultural change in the way that fraternity men view alcohol, fraternity men have to be the story and it has to come from their own words. And that's what you see if you look on our website and their Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, uh, I think it really is an indicator of sort of the product market fit that we've created with this. 
which I think is kind of our success. I mean, we are selling to the students more than we're selling to the administrators. Um, and we're fine to say that, you know, we, we need their buy-in if things are going to work, right? So we're selling to them and we want to feature the, them in the marketing. And the marketing is very, you know, I mean, in a word, like bro-y, but it's very satirical. And it also does, it's not pandering. You know, we're not just telling uh, fraternity guys, like, here's an alcohol program that's all fun and we'll, you know, you won't have to change anything or, you know like we're, we poke fun at, uh, at fraternity men in our marketing materials. Um, we have guys that are standing up there and cut off shirts and pit vipers saying like, yeah, you know what? I actually am going to drink a lot less now, which is like, not what you expect a guy in a cutoff and pit vipers to say, but that's our, that's our marketing material. Yeah. Yeah. Great point, Eric. And just because I'm so passionate about this marketing area, one other thing I'll acknowledge is there are things that we put just because the two of us think they're funny. <laughs> and I would say if, if I sent five people something and they were all like, this is dumb. And then I sent it to Eric. He was like, ha ha ha. <laughs> Post. <laughs> There's one video that comes to mind. I, I remember last year we, we took like footage from programs. I think the ball state guys waving the flag was a part of this mm-hmm. footage and we set it to the joker and the wolf by wolf mother it's one of those classic early 2000s sports team running out of the tunnel yeah and i just thought it would be really funny spliced to like, footage from an alcohol program which yeah is typically thought of as the last place you'd expect that song to be played yeah and edited the footage it was like 10 p.m. on a Saturday. There were so many other things that could have been going on, and just sent it to Eric, and he like gave me the the instant like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> and posted it. Might not have heard any feedback from anyone else, but we think it's funny, and that keeps us going. Yeah, absolutely. And like you guys said, I think one of the biggest things that um, I've learned about is word of mouth. Um, I think is a big one, and I like how you guys are striving for that. You guys, it's actually surprising me that you guys haven't had any advertising or anything like that. Um, I know there's so many like Instagram gurus, we can blow your business up, but you guys are like doing it like the organic way, word of mouth, trying to get out there. I think that um, that's going to go far. Uh, I know plenty of businesses that have succeeded word to mouth a um, handful of times. And it, it's like, you get us pumped up and we're going to be where your advertisers like, like people that hear your program. And then they're like, yo, uh, I have a buddy who's in another fraternity who's actually um, the president. He's interested now. It's like we we move the word around in our, our Greek life because everyone in our fraternity, Phi Gamma Delta, we we all have friends outside of that. We have friends in Sikai, you know, Delts, whatever it may be we have many friends in every single organization and we're able to put the word out there because we're passionate. You made us passionate. You brought the energy towards us, which I think it is a great marketing idea and, and it's free on top of that. So it's uh, it's big time. Moving on to the next question. How has this beers aren't bad made both of you grow personally? I can start. Beers aren't bad. It's it's personal for me because 
there was so much time where we would dismiss it as a joke. And I think a lot of that comes from insecurity, to be honest. Like, oh, let me call this a joke. That way, if it doesn't work, oh, it was a joke. It wasn't supposed to work. Yeah. And I think on the road to entrepreneurship, and I'm sure you've seen this theme in many of your books, it's a real hurdle. Mm-hmm. Is like being willing to get rejected by the marketplace. And, you know, again, when you when you have in your back pocket, oh, it was a joke the whole time, you're really numbing yourself from taking risks. Mm-hmm. So it, it took me a long time to feel comfortable, even internally to Eric being like, hey, I don't actually think this is a joke. Like, it's funny, but it's, it's real and it's meaningful. And um, it's in order to disrupt and, and truly make an impact. And we're, we're talking about the most difficult to reach demographic, right, of college men um, at the most vulnerable stage of their life in a setting where it's really easy and almost expected to do risky things to justify the amount of money you're paying to live on campus. Yeah. And we, I mean, this is the amount of growth when I put it that way, that this has done to challenge me is staggering. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the most difficult challenge every day is just because this is funny. How do we really look at um, the impact we can make when it comes to culture shift? Uh, Because what we're talking about to not mince words, you know, we're looking to, drastically change college men's perspective on alcohol and <laughs> that's not going to be done without making some laughs and it, yeah. it can be a really tough tight rope tight rope to walk but it's been a ton of growth for me in that area personally eric what would i'm curious what you'd say that on on your own yeah how has beers aren't bad made me grow personally i think that it's made me more Confident, I guess, maybe is the right word, but uh, having to launch a business, you have to define the market opportunity. We have to actually define what our product is, what we're doing, how it's differentiated. You actually, Matt talked about it, you actually have to go out and um, we we didn't have the words for this at the time, but when we did this the first time at IUPUI, I mean, it's kind of like a rapid prototype. You have to be willing to like put your idea out there Mm-hmm. And um, in all of those instances, you have lots of options, right? What is, what's the market up? What's the product going to be? What, what do we do with this feedback that we got? And I would say the growth for me has been the confidence in both accepting the feedback, but then having the confidence to say, well, I, I really feel strongly that this is what we should be doing with beers aren't bad, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of whatever side of the business it is, but, uh, you know, like one of those decisions was, are we going to do more entertaining to keep guys laughing, you know, cause you could, you know, you can go down the road of, um, less challenging, more entertaining. That's easy. Gets guys laughing. Um, or, you know, where are we going to be at? And we had to say, we're going to trust ourselves to that we are entertaining. We're not going to go out there and force ourselves into entertainers. Uh, we're not going to, you know, take the cheap laugh. We trust that this product is entertaining and we it needed to be 
meaningful and educational if we want to do it and if it's going to be worthwhile. So that like that's one example. Um, but then as we do this more and more and getting a lot more feedback from students and administrators and you know, people have different ideas. You should do it like this. You should do it like that. You should go to this place. You should add this content. You should take this content out, you know, and having the confidence to parse through the feedback um, with, you know, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Both of you talked about kind of like the rejection side. And um, we actually had an assignment in one of my um, entrepreneurship classes um, and they say fail and fail fast. And they're constantly saying that in rejection, like you guys said, and Matt, you touched on a lot, like you don't like, you really don't realize it until it happens and how like bad you can, you're basically showing everyone your baby, this thing you've been working on. And for someone to possibly just like throw it out and then just rip you apart about how it's a terrible idea business idea, organization, whatever it may be is scary. It's very daunting. And we, we had an assignment dedicated to rejection. We had to go out and ask people things that we know they would reject to get more comfortable with rejection. Like I literally, um, I had a recall on my Ford and I went up to the dealership guy and I literally, um, was like, uh, that's a, that's a, Shelby Mustang, right? And he was like, yeah. I was like, uh, can I take it for a ride? And uh, he was like, uh, no, because we got to keep low miles on it. He said, but I will let you drive a used one when a used Shelby comes in. And it's like, although it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, there's many things like when I offered myself out, when I showed him like what I wanted and what I was, um, and then I explained to him I was doing an assignment. He was like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. So like, it's like, you're scared, but in reality, you have to be scared and you have to be willing to show in order to grow. And I think um, that's a big part of entrepreneurship. It's like people think that like, oh, you become a business owner in a five years, you're a millionaire and you got Lambos and stuff. And it's like, it's not that it's nowhere near that. You're mm -hmm. very lucky to reach that. If in five years, if in 20 years, most businesses fail in three years and statistically majority do not make it in five years. So it's like this constant thing that like is scared with rejection, I think. And um, growing personally, I think that's, that's a hundred percent a part of it being prepared to get that rejection and listening to that feedback. I listen to Gary Vee a lot and he's like, listen to the feedback, but if it's someone saying shit to you and it doesn't really matter, it's just someone bashing on you. It just goes out the other ear. You don't think anything of it and just use it as fuel and keep on going with that positivity and going with your organization. So I, I definitely liked how you guys talked about that. And like a lot of people don't realize what the rejection feels like and what it can possibly be and the scariness, but like we've seen with you guys, it's worth that fear and that rejection, showing it to the world, your organization, showing them what you're about. And like the Instagram I know is continuously growing. And like, I, I truly believe in you guys. There's like companies that I've seen that have started from point zero and have made it pretty decently big and um, have some friends that have businesses and stuff like that. And I, I just at this point kind of, especially reading books and stuff, know when a business is doing the right thing. Um, and I think I'm like a hundred percent on this train, like with you guys, like I honestly totally believe in this. This is, this is feasible. I, I there's a problem. You guys are solving it. There's, there's stuff to do here. So um, I honestly highly agree um, with what you guys said, and especially with rejection, uh, mm. Another thing that I wanted to ask you guys, uh, ask you guys was what's the ultimate goal of this organization? Maybe in like, you know, future, like 
five, five years, like what's long-term ultimate goal for you guys? Mm. Yeah, I think with, with this piece, there's so many and it's evolving so fast, but one big one that I know we both share is we want to be able to reach every fraternity chapter Mm -hmm. and the measurements that are going to change. Um, Of course, with the Instagram, there is a very reasonable way to be able to be seen by every chapter. Yep. And ears aren't bad is the product. Those three words, the product is the message. And so I think even um, when you look at the growth of accounts like Friday Beers, you know, who oh, yeah. on Instagram, I mean, their message has been able to reach essentially every fraternity chapter in the country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. With 1.2 million followers, you know, they can pretty conclusively make that argument. And I think for us, you know, having a slightly different message, we want to make sure that our message is, is being reached. Um, we're not going to measure that by some arbitrary Instagram number, mm-hmm. but I think what, how we can measure it uniquely that no other media company or program can is through our relationships with councils. Yeah. Um, if we can reach every IFC in the country through some capacity, then that helps us reasonably reach every chapter. Yeah. And we know that not every chapter is a part of an IFC, but that alone gives us unique access and so we definitely, I mean, we have a spreadsheet of every IFC in the country, every university with fraternities. And in five years, we would love to have some relationship where at minimum we are reaching their new members for training. And at maximum, we're continuing to develop those members throughout their time. I think there's other items where Eric and I have not been able to fully discuss yet, but we're certainly open to. And those would include women's audiences Mm -hmm. um, as well as sports teams. Gotcha. Yeah. We believe that the, um, the single gender organizations, you know, fraternities and sororities they're they, they have unique problems with alcohol Mm -hmm. when it comes to the secrecy, the solidarity. Um, and also, you know, that's just the, that's our wheelhouse. That's what we know. You know, we know people who work with sororities. We've had, even in the last couple of weeks, so many, um, advisors contact us saying we need this just as badly for the woman on our campus. And then we are in some talks with athletic directors right now about getting beers aren't bad out to sports teams. And so those are some fun new markets to tap pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. I I love, um, I love that because, and you actually took the words out of my mouth. I, I wanted to ask you, like, are you guys planning to reach out sororities, like grab a bigger piece of the pie in the market? Because, I mean, there's a lot of fraternities, but there's a bigger pie with Greek life. And then now you guys are talking about sports. Like, you're just expanding your audience, which I think is very important. Like, yeah, you had this niche and this unique idea, but then you like are tripling the size of the pie now. And it's like really good with sports teams, especially if you can, if you guys can get like, um, go to volleyball, football and basketball. Now you got mm, like a hundred plus people following you and it's like word of mouth. And then, then these tell their friends and they're like, look at this organization. They were so cool. And it's like, get them to laugh. And then they talk about it to their friends, word of mouth. Like you said, it just keeps the snowball effect rolling. And like, I've truly seen that. Cause like your account has nearly, if not doubled by the last time I saw you guys, which was less than a year ago, somewhere around. No, I guess it was a year, a year plus ago, but it's like, you guys have doubled your size 
And it's just blown my mind away. And it's like that word of mouth and getting out there. And that's something I've realized with my podcast. When I don't have guests, when I give out podcasts, just myself, my audience stays pretty consistent. And then right when I have new guests on and then they post about it and they talk about it, then I get more people. So it's like, you have to get out there. I think it's very important and get and reach the audience and talk to them and, uh, you know, have guests go to different things, network, uh, meet new people, I think is super important. And, um, that's awesome to, to hear your guys ultimate goal of, uh, just kind of, you know, um, I think it's, I think it is feasible, whether you guys know it or not, that your account will be at a million followers. I think it will be that big time. Like, I think that message is that powerful, um, that will take the audience by storm. Um, Another question that I had, uh, running a little short on time, got until about 50, I got to go get back to work. But uh, another quick question before we get into the closing part is, um, how do you guys work together to leave that bigger impact that you guys are looking for? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think part of what makes beers aren't bad work is that Matt and I know each other very well. Uh, and I would encourage, you know, if there are people listening or, or you, Hunter, and if you're planning to have a partner as you form a business, I think knowing each other is really important. Mm -hmm. What does the other person do well? Where does that other person need you? You know, where can you complement each other? Um, and we do that in terms of running the business. We do that in terms of presenting, you know, in certain points need a certain person to deliver them. A certain person maybe we kind of just intuitively know like this situation is now sort of maybe set up more for Matt's strengths or for my strengths in a show, you know, depending on mm -hmm. how the flow is going. Um, so th that's an important, important aspect. It's just building off of each other's strengths. And yeah. then in terms of being a small business, we've also had to have discussions about, uh, you know, what are things that I do? What are things that you do? And what are things that we both do? You know, so for example, like managing the email account or like sending out invoices or, you know, some of those things are not highly specialized and more, you know, we can both do them. We, yeah. but then there are things that we've been clear about. These are my responsibilities. These are your responsibilities. So some of that communication about me overlap you uh, for the business and for the show based off of our strengths um, that's been key ingredient of our, of our success so far, I would say. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Direct feedback is the piece I would add to, I think Eric and I, when, when we worked at the fraternity together and, and met direct feedback was hard to come by and that's true in a lot of businesses and the, there's plenty of pros to that. I mean, when it comes to being a young professional, not having a ton of direct feedback, you really do get to grow and spread your wings and find your strengths. And the obvious con that we both experienced is you just, you don't know what that rejection is like. Mm -hmm. And I think when we, we had to both bite some bullets here pretty early on and it's important to both of us that we share direct feedback with each other. Yep. Including, Hey, that wasn't your best effort and this is why, and this is how we can get better. Yep. But most importantly, Hey, you knocked it out of the park. I mean, this was your best Absolutely. show ever. This is why. And I think for us, that's taken some getting used to for me personally, just because of past experiences 
Um, but it feels really dang good to just have someone you can look in the eye and be honest with and yeah, keep climbing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Cause like, um, I had something at work come up, uh, what was it a couple days ago? And, um, my boss was like, Hey, um, I noticed this and this, uh, I forget what the thing was, but I'm like, she was like, I'm just letting you know, give you some feedback. And I'm like, no, please give me as much feedback as you can. I'm not going to grow. I'm going to stay the same. I don't want to be plateaued. I don't want to stay the same person. I want to grow exponentially. And you'd be failing me if you didn't give me feedback so I can better myself, which is, I think, 100%, especially in a business partner relationship, you got to be able to take those punches and be able to deal like giving those punches. Sometimes it hurts, but like reality is, how are you going to grow and get better if you don't know what you're doing wrong? You're going to keep on consistently doing what you're doing wrong. And it's like, I heard it from like uh, Warren Buffett doing the same thing over and over and over and failing is craziness. So like, but someone telling you is like even more crazy because now you're not listening. And I think it's very important. I like that you guys um, talked, you talked about that, Matt. And uh, closing up real quick, two quick questions from both of you what are some podcast and maybe book recommendations or maybe something that you guys um, like to listen to? Matt, you want to go first? Yeah. Eric, you might know what, what I'm going to say, but from a marketing standpoint, I love the book Influence by Robert Cialdini. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very practical. And it, the book is written from the perspective of a psychologist that has a bunch of magazine subscriptions and Girl Scout cookies that he doesn't want. But the lesson being these rules are so ingrained in, in us as humans that even the experts that write the books um, end up with thin mints because the person selling them knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Um, so I always find rules huh. like that to be just really fascinating. So it's huh. a 30 year old book that has practical lessons for today. Huh. I'll definitely have to give that a check. Check that out. Eric, how about you? Yeah. Uh, well, I have to give a shout out to Matt on this one. I think that one, uh, one book that I think is useful or good read is the Airbnb story. I forget the actual title of the book. The title. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Nice. Um, it's hmm. a, I think it's a great book. It's not like, it's pretty skimmable, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, but they have some really good lessons that, um, I think are useful for people launching their business. For example, like they went to where their customers were. They asked their customers, how could we build something that would make, how can we build something that you would want to tell everyone you know about? Not just like, how could we make this better? So yeah. they were able to ask people to think big. Um, yeah. huh. I would also recommend anything by Adam Grant. Um, if we're staying sort of in the work space, he's got a couple books. Uh, I think the most recent one is option B, very much like it. Mm -hmm. um, podcasts dissect is probably my favorite podcast. Um, it's like long form musical analysis, often of um, hip hop albums. Gotcha. From a startup perspective, the pitch and master of scale uh, are really good, like entrepreneurial podcasts. And let's see if I can do one more really off the wall one. Yo, are you in business school, dude? Was graduated. Not to, not to brag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want a really nerdy sort of off the wall podcast, there's one called um, War on the Rocks. It's a bunch of like um, 
national security folks and um, international policy folks, and they get together and they have a podcast. They talk about, you know, defense or security or international policy issues. And the way they introduce themselves is they go around and they say their name, what they do and what drink they're having. So they all sit around and have a drink and talk about like how the U.S. should handle cybersecurity policy, for example. It's called huh. War on the Rocks. Good. Pretty huh. nerdy. Pretty, um, but really good. Really good. That's, that's awesome. I'll definitely have to check those out. And then finally, what's your guys' final words of wisdom to leave the audience with? I think I have an idea what might be said, but uh, go on. Consider why you drink in the first place. What are your pros? Go ahead, write them out. Don't be shy. We all have pros or we wouldn't do it. But then make that con column. You know, really consider what's happening to your body, what's happening to your decisions, your relationships, and stare down that con column. And then smile because you don't have to choose between drinking and not drinking. There is a meaningful case for the middle. And what we call the middle is the buzz. <laughs> All the pros, none of the cons. And, and staying buzz doesn't have to be alcohol, right? It's that feeling you had when your sports team wins a championship. Um, it's yeah. that feeling you had when you're reunited with friends after a long time. There, It's the runner's high, the endorphins. Yeah. You don't Absolutely. have to choose between sobriety and um, downright, you know, hospital trips yeah absolutely eric yeah great great uh great words of wisdom there matt i would just say you don't have to drink to have fun you can drink and have fun you can drink and drink too much and either not have fun or not remember any of the fun which sucks but alcohol isn't necessary to have a good time so i've been saving this but Hell yeah. <laughs> that, that noise, wh why we all reacted to that noise is not because like, holy shit, that beer sounds incredible. Like I can't wait. It's because of all the good times and all the memories it made us think of. And that's what Beers Aren't Bad is about. It's about those good times and those memories, not losing them, not, not remembering them. It's about having them and yeah. making the most of them. Awesome. Awesome. That was some, um, I think it's called SMR when they like do stuff on the mic. That was like <laughs> probably the best one I've, I've ever heard. So, um, it was good talking to you guys, having you guys on the podcast. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'm gonna, we will continue this episode starting motivation Monday next week, guys. So I'll see you then. And with that being said, we will end.